This is Jamal Story, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna, Louise, Veronica, Ciccone. Astral bodies drip like wine. Cosm- wait, Cosm- I got that all wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you've got tongue tied. <laughs> it's because Jamal's was so stunning that I was like. Thank you. you were. It was an impressive uh, instant. That's right. Ah, I had an impressive instant. I had to do oh, a costume do change. Uh, no, I was going to say, Jamal, you can do the interview shirtless if you'd like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you are too kind. No, I had to do a costume change because I turned the AC off so that you wouldn't get the extra noise. Oh, that's hard you don't to have edit to out. out. I like your tank top, though. Where's it from? Uh, I don't really know. What is this? Well, you fill it out good, Jamal. Thank you. I try, I've tried to keep it together here. I've been trying to keep it keep, together Keep it here. together. Like, keep, like, keep Marlene, it together. like Marlene and Kimba and my colleagues. They're all, you know, like still stunning people. Well, we've gotten way off track. Liberty, you, if you want to say your quote again, you can. It's fine. I'm going to keep all this in just because. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Cosmic systems intertwine. Astral bodies drip like wine. Hey, everybody. It's Liberty. And hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC. As you heard today on the show, we have dancer, choreographer, educator, and producer Jamal Story, who danced with Madonna in her Drown World Tour. Welcome to the show, Jamal. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I do. Oh, okay, let me tell you, you have not, the, I'm telling you, the Drown World Tour dancers, they love to play hard to get. Every <laughs> single one of them, it is a it is a struggle to get you on the podcast. But I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you were able to finally make it. Listen, I love that I'm keeping up the tradition. Uh, my colleagues, uh, I, I can't say, I, I, and I also love that there have been several tours since then, and that we are the hardest ones to get a hold of. I think that's great. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, not the hardest, but definitely, you you definitely give good game. That's for okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got to keep a little mystery. Got to keep people guessing. You can't just be available all the time. It's just not how it works. Well, I would love to give a little bit of a bio. We can learn about Jamal, who is a dancer, a choreographer, educator. Um, I'm also an educator, but probably educate something different than you. Um, You continue to spread your love to dancers worldwide. Mm -hmm. He's danced with huge pop legends, of course, like Madonna and Cher, and has graced the Broadway stage as well. And you've choreographed commercials, concert pieces, you teach workshops, master classes, and you're a published author, Mr. Story. Congratulations. Thank you. That is my dream. That's awesome. Really? Oh yeah, that was was actually one of mine too. It It was definitely my dream, even before dancing. Wow, that's amazing. Well, with a name like Story, what else are you going to do? Exactly. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I had to do it. I had to. You're born. <laughs> born to tell that story. So how did you get in, if you wanted to be a writer, how did you get involved in dance? Uh, you know, I always say that this is very much divine intervention. I I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I want to be a dancer. In fact, I don't think I knew that I am an artist uh, until far, far, far down the line. It, it just all happened kind of cosmically. I was at the California Academy of Mathematics and Science. That was the high, that's, that was my high school because I was going to be an astronomer, you see. Oh, and, wow. Uh, right. And it was interesting <laughs> because I don't think I was, even though I'm very left and right brained, I don't think that I processed that the reason I wanted to be an astronomer was because I liked uh, I liked uh, the Greek and Roman mythology behind mm-hmm. how the stars got up, in, you know, how they got their names and, the, you know, the stories that people mm-hmm. created uh, to frame all of that stuff that was much more interesting to me, actually, than the information that I was going to learn about the stars themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but also also too, uh, I, I did love math and science, and uh, I was I was there at the, at that school located on a college campus, and and that gave us access to different forms of PE that we ordinarily would not have uh, gotten necessarily in mm-hmm. uh, your standard uh, sort of public school 
right. Uh, so it wasn't was, just dodgeball or kickball. It wasn't ball. just dodgeball. <laughs> right, 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 right. It was, you know, we had swimming and we had, you know, tennis and all kinds of things on that uh, campus. And Cal State Dominguez Hills was one of the sites for the 84 Olympics. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not aging oh, okay. here. So, you know, there were extra things going on on the campus. And um, one of the things I had access to was dance. And they, you know, someone, I think I had to do 10 weeks of ballet as part of my PE requirement. And one of the uh, ballet teachers uh, said, you you should really pursue this. You'd be very good at it. And uh, wow. I had already been a gymnast. I had already done gymnastics as a youngster, as a, you know, like a, a formative years, really, really early. And quit once I, once I realized that I probably didn't have a good shot at the Olympics. You know, mm. the Soviet Union was still in power. It was the Eastern Bloc. And the men, you know, I mean, we just, we we weren't even in the conversation, American men in, in gymnastics. So, so I kind of let that go, but I had to have something to fill the space, the void that that energy output, uh, you know, consumed weekly. And so dance sort of, you know, worked its way in there. And the next thing I knew, there were three of us uh, who had started our own dance company in the high school, which was hilarious. And mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, <laughs> uh, we did a little performance at the Carson Mall. Uh, I'm from California. I'm from, from L.A., but Carson uh, specifically. And uh, Was it in front of a Claire's or was it in front of like a... It was, yeah, it was actually... It was, Spencer's gifts. I think it was something like, uh, um, uh, what was what's the cookie place? Great American um, Cookie Company. Great American Cookie Company. I think it was that. I think it was right there in front of that uh, cookie. cookie sp- and, and, of course, J.C. Penney. J.C. Yeah. Penney was, mm-hmm. of course. course. And, you know, I mean, you had to have – that was one of the anchors. B. Store. Dalton Bookseller, you know, B. Cinnabon, Dalton. all We those. had B. Dalton and Walgreens, I believe, at the festival. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah, we were, we were really doing it. And this was before it became the South Bay Pavilion at Carson, you know, when we got the IKEA. So, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I was performing there and uh, one of the dancers from Lula Washington Dance Theater happened to be in the audience. She says, you know, you have a lot of talent and really we just need men uh, to do this piece. Uh, we just need more men than we have in the company and I would love for you to come in and do this and Lula would love you. And so I did and then that turned into how are your grades? I see talent. I'd like to put you in some more things. And uh, she was at the time, sort of a pickup company, so mm-hmm. none of the none of the dancers were full time, and uh, I was able to then start dancing kind of professionally with her, uh, you know, and going on on tour as it were. At tour for us meant you know run out to Kansas City on the weekend and then come back, and then yeah, right, right, to, right. I think my biggest my biggest trip was Hawaii, and I remember coming back to. Uh, well, that's a good, that's a good trip. Let me tell you. Oh, baby. I was, I had, la- I had the lays on and everything. I, I, my <laughs> you, had, you had roasted pork, you had oh, poi, you had. Oh, so over me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so over me uh, when I came back to, to school. Um, but yeah, that was the beginning of it for me and for, of, of me in dance. It was sort of a, a, a roundabout way to get to being in a professional context and then learning on the fly and then going back and getting the training to support uh, everything that I was doing in concert dance. Oh, wow. So a little bit like retroactively kind of doing the learning part, but you kind of kinesthetically were already talented to, it was speaking to you in a way. Yes. I had, I had, um, gymnastics gave me a certain, uh, collection of, of um, skills that 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 enhance the attributes. The challenge was transitioning from from an athlete to an artist. Mm-hmm. I was having a really difficult time with that, meaning approaching dance uh, as an art form versus as a sport. And that yeah. took my entire four years at SMU uh, okay. to figure out pursuing that finding dance the poetry, activity. finding the poetry, finding the reason, finding the storytelling inside of it. Um, and then also using my instrument in a way that had some semblance of subtlety and some, you know, interest or concern in nuance, which, you know, that that took years and years because who's interested in that stuff at that age, right. you know, to the degree that we become uh, interested in it later. And now, yeah. given that you have this background in gymnastics, I'm going to I'm going to jump right all the way into Drowned World, World Tour. Tour. Please. Because really, 
if you didn't have a background in gymnastics, how would you have survived Drowned World Tour given <laughs> given the physicality of the show, but also some of the some of the things that you had to do? How did that all come into your life? Well, well, so the 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 interesting thing about Drowned World is that when I when I the gymnastics was integral to my audition for the job. I first of all, I had no expectation to get the job. This was mm-hmm. one right. of those things I was It's like winning the lottery. For. Yeah, well, sort of. Yeah, I was dancing for uh, Donald Byrd, the group, uh, uh, a really sort of um, uh, notoriously uh, technically challenging dance company in New York uh, to dance for. It was sort of uh, a friend of mine, well, my then rehearsal director and now best friend, uh, called it sort of the dream team of, of, of dance companies in the sense that uh, you had dancers who were asked to do extraordinary things on stage that mm-hmm. other dancers wanted to come and see us do uh, nice. in terms of, of te- in terms of technique and and uh, virtuosity, if you will, um, in, in virtuosity in a, in a context, of course, in a in a in a mo- in a modern ballet, really more ballet actually um, context, and uh, and and I was off. This was an off week. We were on layoff and. I went to the Madonna audition because, you know, on a whim, we could. It was an open call. Um, and they, Hell, and they were, Jamal, I don't dance, and I would still go to a Madonna audition. Why not? Like, sure, I'll go, I'll go embarrass not. myself. Why not? Listen, you would not have been alone because <laughs> line <laughs> got around the, it was over near Astor Place, like, you know, just 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 south of Union Square uh, in, the, in the NYU area. And it literally wrapped around the building and went down Broadway past the McDonald's, the line to get into the audition. <laughs> there was an audition hotline. I don't know if you know this. this, this uh, oh, this no, tell us about uh, that. There was an actual uh, official Madonna audition hotline. And you hmm. could call this number and, and, it, and it would tell you, you know, specifics about the audition, when to come, you know. Uh, and, and also there was a, a specialty section. If you had a specialty from baton twirling to sword swallowing to salsa to merengue to tumbling to acro, special skills, stilt walking, whatever you had, they wanted to see it. And mm-hmm. so if you had something, you were told on the, on the, on the hotline to prepare a you know two minute presentation of your special skill and you would go to a different line and mm-hmm. this is a shorter line and you would prepare you would you would go and audition and if you were good and if they liked it they would then feed you from that point into the regular line and wow. so and so that's what I did I was I remember uh, I was living in living in Laurelton Queens at the time and uh, which and in a huge house, I was. I mean, I was. There were several of us living in that house, but it was huge. And I remember having enough space to kind of uh, uh, choreograph a what was essentially a floor routine um, that I had not been able. I wasn't able to do until the audition <laughs> because there was no space. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember getting to the audition, uh, and uh, it was to "Question of You" by Prince. And I remember uh, doing a tumbling pass for the first time in years. Now, this is, of course, I hadn't been tumbling. I was now in a different body than the one that I left gymnastics. Right. Uh, it's, it was a stronger body, more capable in a lot of respects. But, you know, I hadn't done a full tumbling pass. And I remember at one point thinking, you know, it was the, we were on the we must have been on the fourth floor. This, this particular studio must have been on the fourth floor. And I remember at one point uh, seeing the the window open there was a window i was tumbling toward a window and oh gosh and i was in the air and in the layout and i saw the pavement outside the window and i, I for a moment i just saw myself you know just finishing <laughs> the rotation of the flip and just you know right out that window and landing on the I, I saw it in my head and i said yeah <laughs> Um, fortunately that didn't happen and, uh, mm-hmm. I got fit into the line. So the, Spoiler your, alert, you're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here somehow. Um, and then, and then, and then, and then only to get to the job and have even more death defyingly frightening experiences, um, in the air. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get to that. The, the thing is to answer your question though, gymnastics was the way that I got into that audition. Um, and, uh, and then, and then I remember Madonna, at one point uh, during the callbacks, brought all of the special skill uh, skills people. Well, I think most of us, even the people who were just left, 
but the mm-hmm. ones who had special skills, she brought me up there to do this again. I had already tumbled and, you know, danced around for her, freestyled for her. And she wanted to see this all over again. And, and I found out later on, I think, I want, I want to say I was on tour fully when I found out that the only reason she made me do it again was because uh, Guy Richie had shown up and she wanted to show him. Oh, Wow. <laughs> She, okay. already, she was showing already, off. She was, yeah, she's like, yeah, look, you got to see this. <laughs> <laughs> look you know, how great I, he is. You know, I was like nervous, <laughs> scared, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. So <laughs> gymnastics was, and then on the tour, I did, I, did a, I did a tumbling pass in Ray of Light that I think is on the DVD. I'll never forget. It was an uh, Arabian through to a full twist. And I remember um, there was so much activity because I was the last person to go across that diagonal. And so people were on the stage, and uh, I remember Stephanie Roos, the uh, one of the um, one of Jamie King's uh, associates, came over to me one day and said, "I don't know how you do that, but I'm I'm actually watching you as you are zigzagging, making choices in the middle of this tumbling pass, and I have no idea how you're doing that. And all I can say is thank you for not landing on anyone, killing anyone, not getting Madonna, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> land on her, you know, and and uh, in ankle harnesses, yeah." Wow. On the, during that entire number. So like you've mentioned, we have spoken to quite a few of your fellow Drown World Tour colleagues, choreographer Alex Magno, Christian yes. Vincent, Tamara Levinson, yes. Marlene oh. Ortiz, uh, Anthony Rodriguez, as oh. well as background singers Donna Deloria and Nikki Harris. They've all shared some of their uh, amazing re- remembrances and stories from the tour. What are some of your fun memories and stories that you specifically remember from that show? Oh my God. I need, we need a whole other hour just for that. Um, <laughs> I have, I, one of the, the, the one that, the one that stands out the most, but, and it's one that anyone who saw that last show in Los Angeles will, will remember. Um, uh, and I didn't mind it so much. I, but, but, but every, the dancers, uh, we sort of collectively, um, we were collectively mad at Madonna, I think, for the the drops at the end. You know, she loved them. She loved them, and I and I, I think that there was, if there is any anything that I can point to uh, in her career that I would say uh, is sort of the beginning, the indication, the foreshadowing for all of the fitness that she's doing now. Mm-hmm. It would be that at the end of this, you know, very action packed and exhausting night. We were during music gonna do these, you know, whatever sixteen. Oh, the deep knee squats. Deep knee squats. How? And we were gonna do that at the very end of the night in those those uh, uh, character boots and 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 so <laughs> and so we were and we were all exhausted. And she was doing them with us, so it wasn't like you know th- there was solidarity in it, you know, no doubt. But I remember the last show for the last show we decided as a group that we were going to do the first two and let her do all the rest of them by herself. <laughs> I can't. Oh that my gosh. Exactly what happened on stage in front of 18,000 people. We, we did the first two and then we went, go, go Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> did it. Uh-huh. That's right. And she, and we, you could just see her looking around at us like side to side, like you bitches. Yeah. <laughs> you all. But it was the last show, you know, she decided not to extend. Right. What is she going to do? Fire you? Yeah. Too late. Like, Let us go. It's fine. You know? <laughs> um, and Addie, I, Addie got to work again. So she forgave us. Addie and uh, Tamara. Uh, oh, and Marlene for that matter. They, yeah. all, they all did, you know, subsequent work, work for us. So she forgave us. Uh, that was one moment of, um, of intensity. Most of the other moments for me, um, you know, some of them had nothing to do with Madonna. I remember Nikki, uh, Nikki, Nikki couldn't at one point in same number in music earlier in it. I remember that she had, she dropped her microphone mm-hmm. and she, you know, and I'm looking at her and she's looking at me and I'm going, what do you, just get the mic. What do you, what do you? <laughs> and she, for whatever reasons, couldn't get it. And so I got the microphone for it for her and, and gave it to her. And we never had the conversation. I just said, I don't know why she didn't just get the microphone. <laughs> Years later, I'm on Cher. And Cher is in the center of the stage for, it's always, it's always the finale, everybody. It's always the finale. She's doing Believe and she's standing in the center. She has uh, on this particular 
stage for the uh, farewell tour, uh, Living Proof, um, there was a little promontory for her at the center of, of the stage. And then there were two um, uh, kind of um, uh, small, uh, similar promontories on either side, on, on, the edge, on the edges on stage right and left. And in that area, we, that's where we started, where uh, Sal and I would run to the sides and do, um, do the Lyra set. You know, so we were we would fly in that moment uh, uh, on on our lyrics, and there was a moment where Cher dropped the microphone, mm. and she's looking at the center. She's looking at the microphone, and she turns and looks at me, panic stricken. The face is stunning, and she's but she's looking at me with these eyes that are so wide. And I'm I'm not I'm I'm running over to get ready to go up and I'm nervous because if I don't make it there, I'm going to miss the cue, you know, and it's a time everything goes up at the same time. And so I I look at her and she, and so I go, what is it? So I run over, (laughs) I run over to the center of the stage and I bend over, I give the microphone and I give it to her. And then I dash over and I make it, you know, at the last second to, to just get enough, to just get enough spin to start that section because there's also nothing as horrific as going up uh, on a lira that is meant to uh, spin very quickly and and uh, you're just hanging there. So, <laughs> um, but I found out later on from my from from uh, the show director, from the the show creator and uh, director Doriana, that she couldn't bend over in that costume. She couldn't squat. Uh, she couldn't wow. bend over. She could not physically get the microphone. And it dawned on me that might have been the same scenario with Nikki. They weren't, in, they weren't in clothes that would allow them to pick something up. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. So that's, so that's when I went, oh, I get it. I'm so glad. Oh, my bad, Nikki. I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, and I did. And I did. I had, I had them both, as it turns out. So it worked out. Oh, um, so those were, some of those stories were are, are, are smaller but hard to, hard to forget. Um, uh, I think the, still the most frightening thing ever was in the rehearsals for uh, – you know, right before, well, I guess it wasn't before Sky Fits Heaven, right before Sky Fits Heaven, but it was shortly before, during the Butoh number. Um, mm-hmm. I remember uh, uh, when they, to- I don't know, has, has I, I, I haven't heard all of the interviews. I started, I, Marlene's is fantastic. I love her to death. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, we talk about these things. I'm still in touch with everybody, Anthony and, uh, and Kimba and, and Christian and everyone. But uh, I, so I, I don't bet know that's it, a it, good group text. Oh, oh, <laughs> sharing listen, all the good memes it's, there. <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot. We're we're a lot. Um, the I remember there was a moment. Uh, uh, the the costume change to get from Ray of Light to the Buto number mm-hmm. is is to this date the most difficult I've ever done and one of the most extraordinary. And I, I wish so badly that someone had recorded what happened because um, we, the four of us, the four Butos, we, we come out and we, you know, dance in Ray of Light. And then at a certain point when everyone comes center, we disperse and we run around. And now at this point, the center lift has gone down and Madonna and all of the dancers on the stage are in front of it you know, dancing and just wilding out. And we have run out back behind the stage and we have about two minutes from that point to mm-hmm. get underneath the stage, take off our costumes. Um, our ankle harnesses are already on. Um, mm-hmm. they, they pat us down with white, you know, with, with white um, powder for, for, so that we can be butos. They give us uh, these... Uh, you know, for the there is a light moment when we open our mouths. Yeah. Right, right. That, that light, that light, those lights are encased in essentially a mold that uh, would be the equivalent uh, to what you get if you're being fitted for braces or something like mm-hmm. that. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, except that it occupies your entire mouth, so you can't talk or so, open your mouth. Or open, yeah. I mean, you can you can open you can open your mouth, you know, for for the moment, but you can't really talk. There's not enough room mm-hmm. for your tongue to articulate anything. Um, so it's a very scary moment. The minute that gets in there, you can't communicate with anybody, and and so then you all of this happens, and then we go. We would go and load into our our cocoon, you know, our our little uh, fabric cocoons, right? Yeah. Um, which. Uh, have velcro have velcro edges 
and they are attached to a, a weight that is above the, the clip, you know, on the line. And we, att- so we would, you know, get in fetal position. Uh, we, they would, the, our, our riggers would attach, would sort of, you know, attach the two, our ankles together with the, through the harnesses, through the male, female end. And then the, and then that end gets attached to the clip. They clip us in to the carabiner. And then because this, because the circumference of the lift of the, of the center lift is, um, is inside of our points, our hanging points, as the lift is, as this, as the, 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 um, stage is coming back up to, to, you know, to level the rigors are basically, um, uh, walking us over to our points mm-hmm. so that we don't pendulum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is happening in the dark while that's coming <laughs> up. And so they're, they're, you know, they're basically uh, uh, towing us, if you will, to our, right. to our spots. And once we get to our spots, they, they push the button and the winches take us all the way up in the dark. Wow. Jeez. So we're up there and we're holding on and, you know, we're, 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 you know, in fetal position upside, upside down, holding on to our, 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 you know, our, um, uh, clips. And, and the idea is, you know, you start to hear the music and you see us and it looks really beautiful. And then, you know, you grab, I think I grabbed on five, you grab your, your fabric on five, six, seven, and then you start to drop back on eight one and now you're hanging upside down and it didn't matter how many times we did it and how much we understood that we were attached and that we were already clipped in and that we were already hanging in the air the idea of dropping and falling vertical upside down it was it never got it never got easy it was always scary in fact yeah. i think the reason you can't see me is that i never got past it and i was always so wide-eyed with disbelief and fright and the camera would always pick it up so that it looked like I was looking right at the camera. And I'm like, I, I'm sure Jamie was like, stop looking at the camera. What are you doing? Stop looking at the camera. And I think that I, and I knew it, I, I knew it. And I could not stop. I could not keep my eyes closed. I couldn't make a change. I just, it, I just couldn't get there. And I'm pretty sure he finally said, you know what? Just don't shoot him. Just don't shoot yeah. him. So Madonna saw video from the first night and she's like, don't get Jamal again. Don't get Jamal. Again. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. And I was, of course, and I was, of course, the highest one. I was the one. Of course. Of course. So Drown World Tour, um, you mentioned the last show of the Drown World Tour. That was wrapping up in Los Angeles when the 9-11 attacks happened Mm -hmm. in New York City. Madonna canceled the show that evening that was supposed to happen on uh, September 11th that year and resumed the last three shows a couple days after that. Uh, you know, yes. that was a time when people are feeling very, or, or an end of a tour is when people are supposed to be feeling excited and nostalgic and, mm-hmm. you know, loving each other. But then tragedy strikes the country. Yes. Do you remember what the mood was like during those last three shows? Oh, well, I can tell you the mood before uh, the last three shows, because if I remember correctly, she sat us down and had a conversation and wanted us to weigh in to whether or not we should do the last three shows. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, and we, and we had, because it was such a sobering moment, it was so, uh, uh, it was so poignant and so devastating. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and just to preface this for, for where I was, um, I'm from Los Angeles uh, but because we were on tour, of course, I was staying in the hotel, yeah, uh, and not at home in in Long Beach. I think my mother, I think we, were, my mother was in Long Beach. We, were, I was, you know, we were living in Long Beach before I, I graduated, and, um, and I remember my mother. Well, the first person that called me, Christian, called me first at six o'clock in the morning, or you know, whenever these were had, and she, she says, Jamal, Jamal, there, there, there's a, you know, they, the World Trade Center, the, a plane flew into it, and I was, you know. I, groggy and incoherent mm-hmm. I turn on the news yeah. and I see that this is happening. And then my mother calls me and she is freaking out. She's like, are you okay? Are you fine? I just need to know that you're okay. And I said, mom, I'm here. I'm in yeah. Los Angeles. And, and, you know, I mean, some of that is just absolute parental, you know, um, maternal um, uh, uh, nerve and angst and, and worry yeah. that is, um, not necessarily logical. It's just rooted in, in motherhood, which I totally understand. understand. Um, 
but the idea is even that was exacerbated by the the sense of of overwhelm created by this event. And I remember going to 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 have the conversation and uh, Madonna wanting to 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 you know actually uh, um, sort of interview us and mm-hmm. converse with us about how we were feeling. And we were all pretty much in the same place. It's sobering and all of those things. Um, and and I feel like the majority of us came to the same place that she came to, which is that we needed it, that we needed it, uh, that people needed it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that it, 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 it was, it was absolutely, um, uh, now incumbent upon us to perform as a service, you know, the, and it, it, which is, which is what it is anyway. Right. I mean, that's why you're on stage. That's why you do it is, is that there, there's uh, some level of humanity that you are uplifting, uh, mm-hmm. with every performance, uh, or, or edifying, you know, in some way or educating, um, yeah. and, and that that's our role as artists. So, so this, it seemed even more necessary in that moment to uphold that divine responsibility, if you will. Uh, and so I think we were all sort of there. Um, I, and I may be remembering this, uh, wrong, uh, but I, but I, uh, but I, I, it feels like we were all there, um, and and that and that yeah, and that we 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 absolutely needed to do that those performances, and so the the performances were you know were were brilliant and kind of, kind of breathtaking, uh, but it also made the end of it seem even more devastating on on some levels, and by and devastating is not quite the right word. Um, the, uh, and I'm sure the other uh, artists that you've spoken with would have spoken to uh, uh, some aspect of, you know, the the heartbreak of the end of a yeah. tour. Um, sure. So that that's that goes without saying. We didn't need 9/11 for that part, but 9/11 did create an extra sense of of pathos. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. a whole other layer to that uh, sort of feeling of like, okay, you know, I- I'm supposed to go on, but how am I going to go on even like not only from the end of the tour, right, but to move on as is life going to be normal again? Yeah, Correct. For sure. Correct. Is life, is life going to be normal again? Are we going to be okay? And what does this all mean? You yeah. know, those are all, all questions that, that sort of, that, that came up, you know, that, that, uh, whew, yeah, that was, it was, it was definitely a hard, a hard, um, uh, it was a hard last show for those reasons, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. But you, I mean, as the, as the tour was ending as well, you know, I think, could you take with you some of what you learned while on the tour or even, how Madonna could specifically elevate what you had, what you already knew how to do, but your skills as a dancer, she could, she had now set you on a path and, and how did she elevate, you know, post round world tour, what, what happened or what you did with your career after that? Um, I think part, well, part of it, the, the, the major elevation for me had to do with, Understanding what it means to be uh, a star and a legend, and then mm-hmm. and then orienting even more my convictions or underscoring my conviction that I wasn't necessarily interested in being a star. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know to what extent other dancers in on subsequent tours got to engage with her, but mm-hmm. the primary engagement that I had uh, on that tour. Uh, was with the other dancers. Was with was with those with with my my colleagues, my family in that way, uh, yeah. who are still my family uh, in that way. Um, and and what was clear is, you know, I remember we were in Milan, and Christian, Kimba, Nito, and I were running around Il Duomo and that whole area, having a ball mm-hmm. and taking pictures and doing things, and. I remember that when Madonna wanted to go into one of those shops, they had to close down the entire 
you know, the entire yeah. boulevard to shut down so that she could shop in this, in this store. And we all have this, this moment of, wow, that's, I, I don't know if that's something that is appealing. I don't know that that's, that's not a fun way to be. We didn't miss the blessing of being able to share our gifts, to, to sit in our talents, to experience all of the God that happens on stage, mm-hmm. uh, to surround ourselves with all of that light and to take in the largesse of energy coming from the arena. We got to experience all of that with Madonna without the penalty. Yeah. Not being able to go out in these places and really, I mean, Barcelona, Barcelona, oh my God. We had (laughs) such a ball in Barcelona. What are we talking about? So there was something, so the, the big takeaway I got from that was, no, it, this, we're, we're, you know, on some levels and, 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 you know, not to be presumptuous about how Madonna feels about any of it, but on some levels, you know, we, we got the lion's share of worlds of the best, you know, mm-hmm. we got, got to really, really experience all of the things that, or, or a great portion of what she got to experience on the stage. And then also be pedestrians. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the big takeaways. And I, and I, I, it, it informed how I worked for Cher. Um, mm-hmm. Totally different artist, totally different experience, totally different tour, uh, totally different group of dancers and, um, and, and everything, different values, different way, you know, different camp. Right. But, yeah. but there was something about, about having had the experience with Madonna to shape how I saw the world and myself in it as an artist and had no aspirations uh, to be famous. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of dancers, you know, get sidetracked with. You, you kind of, you know, you're up there on the stage with the star and you kind of feel like you're a star, you know. Yeah. They're looking um, at me. It's all about me. They're looking. Yeah. Look. Right. And I, you know, I mean, granted, I, I have a deficit of ego anyway. Like I, that's, you know, I'm one of those rare, rare ones who probably could use a lot more ego than I, than I have in that way. Um, but, but even, even with that, uh, there was, there was something about being able to experience that and have this different perspective. So that was one thing. Um, I enjoyed her integrity about wanting it to be, uh, authentic, you know, mm-hmm. she taught, she brought in someone to teach us kata. Like she wanted us to know, actually, it wasn't going to be fake martial arts. No, this was real martial arts. She wanted yeah. us to understand how to fly. She wanted us to understand. I mean, I wasn't on harnesses for, uh, for uh, Sky Fits Heaven, but I was, you know, I was certainly tumbling around and there was a way that I approached that, you know, that was different than tumbling around in ankle harnesses for Ray of Light, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I now had some formal training. I knew where to put my weight. You know, I knew, I knew the, so there was, so there was something extraordinary about watching her commit to wanting to do the real thing yeah, and mm-hmm. watching her work really hard to get as close to it as possible. Um, and I, and I took that with me. It, I mean, there, there's, uh, that we, we have a, a, a certain degree of that, of course, in concert dance and in my background, that's what it is. So to know that this could exist inside of the commercial dance space or the commercial space in general was exciting to me. And I took that with me for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned just, I'm going to kind of jump back a little bit, but talking about Cher and you've danced with Cher on her, on her farewell tour and the dress to kill tour. So the contrast, right. I mean, a lot of people will put both of these legendary females as like, wow, you know, Madonna and Cher, right? But they are two totally different, really different artists, even though they live in the same pop world. So mm-hmm. what, what's the, um, what was that like? What was her, what was Cher about? Cher was, well, Cher was extraordinary to me because uh, she is, she is, the, the, they are glaringly different in the sense that Madonna uh, was famous for her ability to sort of, you know, she's, she's like mystique, right? She kind of adapts <laughs> and morphs constantly into whatever the thing is, but she does it in advance of the thing. 
right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's been the, that was what she was doing for the longest time. And I was actually trying to figure out how she was going to keep that up, you know, because the, the idea is, is how can you be ahead of it? How do you, how do you stay ahead of it and then sort of define it and then make, uh, make yourself that thing, uh, as authentically as possible, uh, mm-hmm. so that, so that, so that, people are always going, oh my God, this is, this is what Madonna is giving us now. This is who she is right now. This is what it is, you know? Um, And share, which is, which I, 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 there's something admirable about it because it is a talent and a skill in and of itself um, because it, 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 it involves being ahead of the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. so that you can then inform it. Right culturally wow. so that you can then inform it through the music. And that's, that is, that is, that is remarkable that if, which is why, you know, when people have conversations about, Oh, well, she's not a good singer or oh, she's not a good, whatever. And that's that none of that's the point, right? Share on the other hand, exactly the opposite. Share is completely who she is and has been all the time with absolutely no compromises so right. what she does is double down on all of the things that are share mm-hmm. um, and in, in a very sort of fearless way so that she doesn't have to expend any energy in, in creation. Do you know what I mean? Right. There was, there's, there's, yep. no, there's no persona to, to invent or to fabricate or to make up or to sort of live in or there's, there's nothing to, that she has to design and then try to wear. No, she is, this is it all the time. And, and I think that that's, that is, you know, as trite as it sounds, you know, the secret to, to, to success. Um, but if there is something that I would attribute to the, the sustainability of that legend for so many decades, it's that Cher is who she is all the time. Mm-hmm. True. And so to be, be with her, you know, on tour was, was amazing. You know, it was, it was, it was a different experience. And also too, it, it, I think it's the reason that she's kept me around. I'm always waiting for, I'm always waiting for her to go. Thank you so much. You've been, you know, like you've been great. You know, it's thank you. Thank you. Not this time. You, you it, <laughs> done so far. Oh. It's wonderful. But you, it's I, time. I'm, it's time for the new boys, I, Jamal. I, right. Get, you've got to, you've got to hang up the shoes. Hang them or, or wear them over there. Cause I don't need you. To, I'm done. <laughs> I'm I'm done with you. Like <laughs> I'm always waiting for her to get there, and and you know she she doesn't get there. She she hasn't let me go yet. I think you know there. I think there's some moments. I think she. <laughs> I personally think that she thinks that I'm sleeping with one of the other dancers, and oh. I'm not. <laughs> but whatever. That's a whole other story. Um, but still, I think that I think that the that what Cher recognizes or sees or values in me on some levels. I mean, yes, talent and things and stuff, and I'm able to do things. And I, I you know, I try to look like this for her all the time. Um, uh, but I, but I think what she values in me is that there, I also have a certain level of honesty and integrity that she sees. She knows people. She's perspicacious. She's got you down pat, you know? Mm-hmm. So when, so she knows, so she knows me, she understands who I am. And I think that that, that that vibes well with her. That's her frequency. She's like, I know what Jamal is going to do. I can trust him. I know that he's. I know. I know what he's not going to do. Um, and and that is the reason that I I, I keep him around. Um, you know <laughs> that <laughs> that. And I'm the last of the Mohicans. I'm the last person from the Share Farewell Tour still working for her at the time that the shutdown happened during the pandemic. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Wow. The last. I should say the last dancer um there's one other um uh there's the musical director was also um uh keys on that farewell tour as well but oh, i think I see. We are it's the a last never-ending farewell tour i feel like she, it's always the farewell tour that never stops right 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 well i saw an interview with her recently and uh you know so so interesting to you know people have this misconception that we have all of the information about these people before you know, everyone else. And sometimes we don't, we're watching the interview just like you are. And, uh, and she, I, I, someone asked her, you know, what is it that makes you still do it? And she, and she said, it's just, she says, because I still love it. She said, it's a pain in the Mm -hmm. ass of course, and all that. But she says, this is what I, this is what I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm meant to do. And, and I love it. I love being on stage and, and I'm, and I, I want, and she wants to get 
She wants to get as much out of it as she can, understanding that there's a point that she won't be able to do it anymore. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so she doesn't take an expiration for- date eventually. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and she doesn't take for granted the fact that, that there is still a here and now where she's able to do it. You know, we were on the, um, here we go again tour. Uh, that was the one <laughs> that was <laughs> after the farewell tour. Yeah, here after, we go again. Yeah. And the biggest residency and the dress to kill tour. And there was the second residency and the, here we go to here, here we go again tour. And, um, and on it, I think I think the reason that she resonates uh, all the time so much with me is that I feel that way too. I feel that way too. I um, so many dancers, so many of us are are forced into retirement because of injury and because mm-hmm. of you know for whatever the things are. We're we're you know we can't maintain it, and our bodies give up, and they say you know what are you doing? Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. mine does that too. Now it's time to teach. Right. Yeah. Now it's time to teach. Now it's time to give back. And, um, and I'm very, very fortunate, very blessed that I can still do this. Yeah. So, so the, you know, it becomes a matter of, well, why are you not doing it then? And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I'm, why I'm still here. Um, yeah. you know, your pot of berets might get a little slow, but that's okay. You can still do them. They might, yeah. They, they're still happening. They're, 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 yeah. they're still happening. Well, and, and then, and then the other thing is too, my career has been sort of, um, uh, it feels, <sighs> it feels less and less superheroic as the years go by, which, which is to say that it's becoming a little bit more normative for dance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in other words, most dancers didn't have the kinds of demands. Uh, it, all of it's demanding. Let's just get that straight, right? So I'm certainly not, cast, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, diminishing the work level, workload, and toll that this takes on any dancer working professionally, especially all of my colleagues, everyone that I've worked with. Um, uh, but my particular, the way that choreographers have used me over the years has always been on another level of like, let's see if you can survive this. Let's see if everybody <laughs> can, you know, and and when I was younger, I didn't have sense enough to say no or to fail. You know, like someone asks you to do something crazy and you're supposed to not succeed so that maybe it doesn't get in the show. Maybe it doesn't get in the piece. Maybe it doesn't happen eight shows a week on Broadway. And mm-hmm. I, because I didn't have sense enough to do that, you know, I mean, I, I had yeah. a really, really difficult, um, challenging, physically challenging uh, career early on. So over the years, it has gotten easier. It has gotten easier. So now at this point, you know, just dancing actual dance steps without, you know, flying in the air or jumping right. over the air or, you know, jumping over. <laughs> my, my uh, very, very dear friend, um, my dear friend, sister and roommate says, um, uh, triple sow cow. That's her, that's her go-to. She's <laughs> like, you know, you know, Jamal, like he does a triple sow cow over here, over there or something. You know? <laughs> and, and of course I go, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And yes, the <laughs> choreographer asked me to do something ridiculous, you know? So, uh, but I'm, but all that to say that I'm, I'm still blessed to be able to still do it. So I, 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 I follow shares inspiration on that, you know, mm-hmm. that I can still do it. I'm still here. There's still, uh, joy and, uh, and, 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 uh, love to spread through the art. So why not spread it? Um, mm-hmm. so you're saying you do believe in life after love. Oh, I, <laughs> I think that's our very first share quote pun that we've had. Nicely, nicely done. Liberty. Nicely yeah. done. Very no. well placed. Nice. Very well placed. <laughs> very, she's very been hanging well. on to that one all interview. Listen, Barbara <laughs> Walters will be proud. I hope she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, you mentioned uh, Broadway. Tell us about your experience on Broadway with the color purple. Oh, singularly one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had uh, going to work every day. Singularly. Mm. And I say that. Well, and you would have to go a lot because Broadway's eight shows a week. Eight, eight of those bad boys a week it's grueling and hateful and that show was extremely hard but but it was it was it was wonderful it was breathtaking for many for many reasons the first one being that the color the first one being that the color purple uh is a musical um based 
on and about or, or telling the story of a Pulitzer Prize winning book that is ultimately about loving self and seeing the God in yourself and acknowledging all of the ways that that goodness emanates and can, can uh, heal and rescue people. Um, I mean, and I, and I, I'm, 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 I know that I'm not doing uh, uh, Ms. Walker's book, uh, Justice, uh, although it is, it is, I think, one of the top 10, I think it was uh, uh, named one of the top 10 uh, books that the Library of Congress uh, said everyone should read. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the reason, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the so that was so that was the be- that was the, just that that was the beginning of it. I'm a writer. We talked about this earlier. I'm yeah. a writer in my in my spirit and in my core. So so I had and I had a because my mother is an English professor. I had a very very special relationship with uh, with black women writers. You know, my mother got her master's in, uh, in English composition and rhetoric. And because she is extraordinarily um, uh, uh, computer phobic, uh, I typed her thesis. I, I, I was an undergrad and I would come back wow. home for, for holidays and things. And during those holidays, whenever she knew I was coming or whenever Lula Washington would fly me back for a show, she would, my mother would coordinate, okay, I'm going to have this much done so that Jamal can get this much into the computer. <laughs> Long before we had dictation and all these other things that can, these tools that, you know, you can use to get your, you know, get, get everything right in there. It was old school, you know, like knock it out, knock it out. Um, and so, you know, and that thesis was on Gloria Naylor, I think several of Gloria Naylor's books. So mm-hmm. all that to say, I had this relationship with black women writers and I'd read a lot of them at the time. And so The Color Purple was, was you know, the fact that I was now in this show about that, that w- it was just, it was too many. A too full many circle convergences, moment. Right. It was, it was all of the convergences and all of the circles. Um, so that was reason number one. The other reason is that at the very beginning of this show, um, this show starts out with church. Mm. Um, you know, and, and in as much as, as I'm not an extraordinarily religious person, I'm a very spiritual one. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm also still a black boy whose, you know, family is from the South. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I grew up with a firm understanding. And of course, my grandmother and I used to church hop in California. So I've done them all. I mean, <laughs> Baptist, Pentecostal, I've been to every one. Okay, Lutheran. She finally settled down on one after I graduated. <laughs> Takes but, a while. But it takes a minute, right? It really, really does. And yeah. so, um, and so, I have been to all these. So, I, so the idea of of starting the show with a you know with mysterious ways with a church number that the entire cast is a part of and that is going to sort of set the tone for the entire show. There's, I mean, you know, we most most performing artists in whatever we're doing will bond with the cast. Uh, with our coworkers in advance in some way to sort of come together, you know, whatever that, whatever that is, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's a, if, if it's a circle, if it's Bowling, a, if it's a shots. Right, what, <laughs> tequila, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, we're going to get together at the top of the show. And so <laughs> the, fact that the getting together, I mean, we still had a little moment backstage, but the getting together in this case was church every night, eight shows a week. That was the beginning of the show. And I mean, yeah. I, you know, and of course I was at work with, the it was it was the incredible black people the incredible black people on broadway you know and this mm-hmm. is a community that i didn't know that i was learning and that uh that i was you know as is the case as has been the case I'm, i've noticed with most jobs that i've done with you know that are extraordinary changes uh from one portion of the dance landscape to the other for me i was guarded and didn't you know didn't know where i where i, where I fit into this and i had a little bit of imposter syndrome because i felt like oh shouldn't this job belong to somebody who has, you know, been wanting to be on Broadway forever and who dreamt of this, you know, from a very early age. And I was fortified by a cast of people who were extraordinarily talented going, no, 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 you absolutely belong here in this show. Um, Down to the moment that I told them I wasn't doing it and they went, are you insane? What do you mean you're not doing this? And I was like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. in a contract with LA Opera and I can't get out of it. They were you're, you're doing this show is, I don't know what, yeah. I don't understand why we're having this talk. You're doing <laughs> this show. So, you know, I mean, LaShawn's, um, who won the Tony for that, 
that uh, for for that show playing Seely uh, des- most deservedly uh, won that Tony. Yeah. Um, said that she 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 said she would look at me every day doing this incredibly hard choreography in Africa that I, st- I still don't know how we got through that eight shows a week I have no idea but she said and she would watch me in rehearsals and go that is one of the things that helps me to know that I can do this wow nice. well and sometimes things do come full circle like that you know you mentioned that having uh the relationship to writing and to uh, female black authors and having your mother as a, you said, professor of English. Yeah. Right? She's an English teacher in high school and then later, yeah, taught college. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about your writing because now I'm curious, um, you know, mm. as someone who's a phys- you know, kinesthetically talented, oftentimes, mm. you know, reading or writing isn't necessarily that what they're, you know, side interest might be um so tell us a little bit you wrote a book called uh a a dance novel titled toss in the ether ether yes okay so so there well so um so first the 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 first thing to know is that when i was in high school before i started dancing i was writing for the daily breeze newspaper in torrance california which Mm -hmm. is a regional uh newspaper i was on a team page and then um and then they, and then this was the period where all the black movies came out, the Inkwell and Menace to Society and Boys in the Hood and okay. uh, Poetic Justice. This was that period. And, oh, Janet. And Janet. Mm-hmm. Janet. Mm-hmm. If I could just do a Janet gig, I just don't know how to, I just kind of do Oh, it. you need to get on that. Then I'll have the trifecta, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and I love that woman so much. I just, I can't even, ugh. Anyway, um. But I was, I, so all of these movies had come out and they needed someone to write. I was writing a few movie reviews and they liked my movie reviews. And so they started sending me, well, you know, you send a teenager to the movies and you tell them, keep the receipt and, or, you know, cause you're going to, we're going to reimburse you, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's all I have to do is write about it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I was I was writing these movie reviews. I later found out that I was, which would be appropriate to the DEI conversations we're having right now. I happened to be the only black person on staff in the entire Daily Breeze newspaper at the time. From what, wow. I, from what I found out later, so it made sense that I was writing these. You know, they were like, "Let's get a black person to write these these stories." These okay. talented enough. So I was writing, and so I've been writing for years. And then and and I, I got my degree in journalism you know, for, at SMU, just in case dance didn't work out, oh, you know, because okay. it doesn't work mm-hmm. out for everybody, right? Um, it, all it then, takes is the roll of an ankle. Listen, and then it's all, and then yeah, it's all yeah. over, right? Um, yeah. An ACL. Sorry, Cher. Sorry, Cher. I'm in the boot. Can't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to turn back time with you. Can't do it. <laughs> um, so, but so, so, but so then I, I, but then it worked out. It worked out. And so, the the books became well. I still want to write. I still want to be a writer. I still want to do that. I still getting an agent. I still haven't succeeded at that. That's that's a whole. There's a whole other. Skill oh, that's a set whole other thing. Yeah, a whole other thing. Like getting an agent is you know like I mean you can't even. You, there's nothing that you can do except just wait somewhere and hope that one lands on you. But um, yeah. but in terms of actually writing, I said you know you still have to get this out. So I have been working on the first book. Uh, for so long that I had to eventually self-publish it just so that I would stop writing it, 1234, um, uh, which is a series of short stories that are interconnected. Um, uh, so it was sort of, now that now all of my reference points are, are too old, it's, but it's sort of like Crash, uh, except that in Crash, the characters find out, they, they understand their connection to each other, and in this mm-hmm. one, uh, they, they don't. But then I was having this issue, I taught the book, uh, a professor... Um, an English professor was teaching the book, invited me uh, in, the, in the middle of rehearsals for Nutcracker to come in and lecture uh, to his college class. And uh, I did this in two of his units. And in both, uh, during the Q&A at the end, uh, I, had, I had someone ask me, so why, you know, it says on the back of here, Cher, Madonna, all these people, why haven't you written about it? And no one's interested in NDA as an answer. They, they don't get that. <laughs> oh, I still don't understand, you know. So I realized I was having, I was creating a, a sort of a level of, 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 of brand, of, of, of dissociative uh, brand personality. And I needed to fix it. So the next book, Toss in the Ether, is sort of a dance novel. 
okay. uh, about a, a black dance company based in Dallas trying to get into a new building. And, uh, you know, they need, they need grant money that they'll get from, you know, having a very successful performance of a ballet nobody thinks that they will be capable of, of performing. And one of the dancers pushes her husband down the stairs, which creates some issues for the company. Now, <laughs> and I had to, if you go on the website, there's actually, uh, there are trailers uh, for this. Someone told me, you know, you should do a book trailer. And I said, this, that's a thing. And they said, yes, that's a thing. And so I did a book trailer. And, 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 there, and then we shot enough in that one day to get two or three trailers out of it. So I think two of them are on the website. But all of that, that jazz just to say that um, I, I had to sort of bring all of it together, the writing and the dancing so that, you know, people could understand why, yeah. you know, why I was doing this. And so that was a love letter. It was sort of a love letter to my roots. Lula Washington uh, Dance Theater is a, is a black dance company, uh, by black dance company. I mean, one that, um, one uh, uh, whose uh, repertoire and uh, uh, whose repertoire is, is steeped in uh, the black experience in some way, shape, or form. The black, mostly black American experience, but certainly yeah. diasporically the black experience. Um, and uh, that's true of several companies. And I danced with two of them. Uh, that one in Dallas Black Dance Theater. And I wanted to sort of this was tossing the ether is sort of my love letter to that experience because I hadn't seen it written about. I hadn't read about mm-hmm. it. Anywhere. Yeah, you know, this is it's fiction, but um, mostly. But uh, <laughs> that's what that was for. All right. Well, Jamal, I think it's time for a little segment we like to call the lightning round. God, oh uh, God I'm going to fail the lightning round. You know no, I am. No, no, you're going to be great. These, Just so you know, the, the answers are just meant to be quick off the top of your head, wherever you're at in your Madonna journey today. Don't think too hard. Favorite Madonna song? Uh, Human Nature. I'm not sorry. Uh, favorite Madonna music video? Oh my God! Oh ah! Oh, I want also Human Nature. That's a hard one because it, it's a good ah, one. But Human Nature for for sure. Human Nature on that. I can change my first answer. Um, <laughs> if I Live to Tell is actually one of my favorite Madonna songs that yes. people don't necessarily think of. If I Live to Tell, so let's go with If I Live to Tell, Human Nature. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Favorite Madonna tour, and yes, it can be one that you were part of. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something really really uh, quickly. I just have to give a disclaimer. This is going to be um, blasphemous, but I haven't seen them all, so okay. I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say ours. I'm gonna have to say yeah. ours because I thought it was really really imaginative. I think Drown World was really imaginative. Mm-hmm. It was. Right. It was. Ha- okay. Having not seen the other ones, you are still correct in saying that. Oh yes, <laughs> that was my that was my first live Madonna experience. And it will never top, no matter how many times I see her or shows that I've seen, I think that Drowned World is pinnacle. Yeah, so. is uh, uh-huh. All right, so this this might be a tough question for you then. Favorite Madonna movie? Ooh, favorite Madonna movie. Oh. You can lie. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. Um, Toss-up, uh, Evita. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was in a Spike Lee movie that I can't bring to mind Girl right six. now. Girl Six. Girl Six. Girl Six. Yeah. I, and I, and I, and I think well, she was barely in Girl I know, Six. I, I mean, know, I know, like a, I know. It was like a blinking you miss Madonna moment. But it, but she was so good in that in yeah. that for me. I loved her little that. Chihuahua made a cameo. You know. <laughs> I know that was that was I know that sounds crazy, and I'll also say I gotta say other uh, favorite Madonna songs. Um, uh, Beat goes on. <laughs> oh, sort of okay. a little hard candy. Is, oh, yes. interesting. Beat goes on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then last question: favorite Madonna look, and that can be from a music video, a tour, a photo shoot in person. Um, did she have really good rehearsal looks that we never got to see? Did she have really good? <laughs> um, uh, not nece- not necessarily. I think you got to probably got to see most of her uh, rehearsal looks. Uh, there's one. There's a shot of her in. Uh, she's her hair's really really short and she's in white, um, and it's a flowy kind of garb that she's wearing. And it was just. It's a random. This is 
I'm not very helpful here. It's a random uh, shot where she she was just out somewhere, and and mm. I guess the paparazzi caught her, uh, and and she's in in this uh, white kind of um, sleeveless uh, situation, and it it feels like a schmata on top, and it has a uh, kind of a flowy pants, almost skirt, something uh, that felt like it could have been um, in uh, in in the in the in the world of uh, Sky Fits Heaven, but it wasn't Sky Fits Heaven at all. It wasn't that. That was that's one look that that comes to mind right away. And then there was a uh, uh, um, the music video, the more recent music video. Well, I guess it's. No, it's a it's a more recent video uh, where she's uh, dancing. Why can't I remember the song name? This is age, by the way. This is age. I, I feel like I'm actually <laughs> older than all of my. We're all there. Yes. Yeah, this is older. She's uh she's uh she's doing a lot of um uh, salsa in it, and she looks Medellin. Medellin. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's I love look. that one. That, that's a look. That's a yeah. look. Yeah. And the whole yes. video is incredible too. So. Yes, that video is also beautiful. That yeah. video is also beautiful. Um, I remember, and there, it's so funny to me because all of my favorite Madonna songs, it's not that I don't love the ones that are you know, famous and hits and things like that, but it's the more obscure ones. Uh, the one Bjork wrote for her, I think it's- Bedtime Story. Bedtime Story mm-hmm. is beautiful. Um, it's Bjork. So, yeah. you know, like yeah. there's, there's that. You can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with that. And I thought that what- Bjork did for Madonna's voice in that because she she was able to help use Madonna's voice as an instrument in a yeah. way that I thought was really was really kind of um haunting and wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. everyone sadly that is our show for today. And I just want to say thank you Jamal so much for coming and visiting us and please tell us where can we find you? Oh, I am, on, I am on, believe it or not, I'm on, <laughs> as I like to, to yeah. tell my little, my um, my 20-somethings in the family, I'm on all the social medias. Yes. I'm on all <laughs> the social medias. I'm on Twitter, although I don't do as nearly as much as I ought to. I'm on Instagram, and I've been way too silent for the past week and a half, so I need to, to figure that out. Um, I am definitely on jamalstory.com. You can go okay. to jamalstory.com and find all kinds of everything there. Um, both books are also there, so please check those out. Awesome. Uh, they're available for order and for on and if and if you if you if you buy an actual book, I will sign it. I will the next there time you go. Email, I will just just I'm gonna order DM it right me, now. <laughs> DM me and I will sign it for you. Uh, you, cool. can, you can find me in all of those places, all of those places, and I I still um, answer all my emails and all of the the, the DMs and all of those things. Awesome. Nice. Well, I remember everyone, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLVC Podcast. You can donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLVC Podcast or consider becoming a subscriber on patron, patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Jamal, thanks so much. This was so wonderful. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'll turn it back over to you. This was your outro. I just, oh, just, I just no, it's fine. the you outro. Can, Listen, Liberty, you can, if, if you were having problems with the intro, I, I just messed up the outro. So we're it's all good. That's okay. That's all it's right. It's all good. No, but that's what that's what editing's for, Jamal. That's this is so true. So yeah. true. But thank you so much, Jamal. We really appreciate it. It's been it's been great having you. It's been great hearing your stories. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you. really interesting. So thank you so much. So welcome. So welcome. <laughs>